everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by my guest this week, Liz Batchelor, and making her debut on the podcast is Katie Midwinter. Before we get into the action, where we'll be previewing some of the main ITV races this weekend at Newmarket, Ascot and York. Let's see how everyone is. Katie, I said at the top of the show, you're making your debut. Um, everything good with you and looking forward to the podcast? Yeah, all good, thank you. Really looking forward to being on. So thanks for having me. Enjoy the racing today, uh, watching at Newmarket. And yeah, looking forward to the action ahead. Yeah, there's a lot of good competitive action this weekend. I think ITV have got something like 11 or 12 races. We'll be just covering the, the main group and the big handicaps. But yeah, um, lots to get uh, stuck into. And how about you, Liz? Um, how are things with you? Yeah, good, thanks. Got the biggest GNT on the go going. So um, it's good. Had a bit of a hectic day to day. Um, but yeah, also looking forward to the racing this weekend. Well, GNT, that's often the fuel that picks the winners, and sometimes it does good. So yeah, hopefully it can do this week. Anyway, then let's get into the first race we're going to look at. Uh, we're going to Newmarket for the last day of the July Festival. For the first race we're going to look at, it's the three fifteen, the Bet three six five Superlative Stakes. It's a Group Two contest, and Katie, you can have first say here. Uh, only a small, um, small field for this race, but some interesting horses. Uh, who did you like in this one? Uh, I think it's a bit of a tough one to predict, really. You've got five inexperienced Colts in the lineup. Uh, Victory Dance is a course and distance winner, having won narrowly here last month. But at the prices, I'm inclined to look elsewhere. I quite like Lion of War as the first winner for Hisaya Roaring Lion. And he hasn't done anything wrong in two starts and demolished the field to win at Newcastle. Um, and he gave plenty of weight away there too. So he's an exciting prospect and I'd love to see him go on to achieve big things. So I'd be going for Lion of War here. Um, and I think I'd, it's, it's going to be between the top two in the market. So Lion of War or Victory Dance. I'm just going to side with Lion of War. Yeah, there was something uh, a bit special, I thought, when Lion of War won at Newcastle. He just seemed to do it with such ease. And it would be a great story as well. Roaring Lion, I think he only ever had one... Um, uh, crop as a stallion so yeah hopefully we get a few good ones and line of war certainly looks like he could um, fit the bill um how about you though liz line of war we we agreeing with katie there or you, you did your pin land elsewhere i think me and katie are the new me and paul from last week <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah line of war for me too um yeah he's won his last two races and uh i thought his, his race over at newcastle yeah was eye-catching last time winning by 10 lengths um and his last race before that another easy win at leicester on good to firm um both of these class five races he hasn't cost an awful lot compared with some of these he was just seven thousand guineas um but the way he's been running so impressively um he has my vote um and obviously as these two-year-old races normally are i think it i think it'll be a good one to watch yeah I, I i agree i agree with what you say i think lion of war would be my selection in the race also as well give immense mention to isaac shelby uh, for brian Meehan. brian Meehan wouldn't have too many first time out winning two-year-olds i thought um he created a very good impression on his debut there was a lot of market support for him he was very well backed on the day i think he opened up around about 12 to 1 he Went off uh, nearly favourite in the end, winning at 130. Um, I think there could be some good things to come from him. But, yeah, I think for me, I'm in agreement with the girls. Line of war uh, is how I'm seeing it. So, yeah, that's our thoughts on the superlative stakes. We then go on to a bit of a minefield here. It's the 350 at Newmarket. It's the Bet365 
Bunbury Cup, a Heritage Handicap, over seven furlongs. But Liz, I'll come to you here first. Um, did you have one uh, an each way price for the listeners that they could get their teeth stuck into? Um, well, I've, I've well, it's quite a big field, isn't it? And a lot of these run against each other in in the Buckingham Palace Stakes at Royal Ascot. So I've been taking a time looking at that race, and that was that was a close race. Um, and I've ended up with a favourite, Montesib, who came fifth in in the Buckingham Palace Stakes. Um, he was finishing well. He just didn't get up in time um, and previous to that he'd won his previous three races including a good class two at Goodwood in May he's won on good to soft and good to firm um, and we all know that William Haggis is flying at the moment um, so yeah Montesib for me okay so Liz is playing it safe with the favourite Montesib and how about you Katie who did you like in the Bunbury Cup there's a couple that caught my eye in it actually um, I'm Going to side with Jumby. He's back over seven furlongs. He's two pounds higher than when he last ran over this trip. And uh, he's been performing fairly well over six, um, including a third place finish in the Wokingham. Christoph Sumion is on board. And, you know, he's a very likable horse. The yard for Eve Johnson Houghton is performing well, uh, recording a 29% strike rate in the past two weeks. So I think. I would definitely give him an each way shout, but he's at a single figure price, so I'd probably be going for him. Um, Vafatino is an interesting runner. I think his run at Royal Ascot didn't go to plan. He got stuck in traffic. He just didn't get the run of the race. Um, but prior to that, you know, he did win well in a 27th field at Handicap in the Victoria Cup at Ascot. So I think, you know, he's he's got to have a chance too. Um, also, at a bigger price, I thought Ropey Guest. Um, I think he was about 25 to 1 when I looked. Callum Hutchison is claiming £5. He finished second to the inform in the park in the Buckingham Palace Stakes. Um, and he was fifth behind Baffertino in May. He often goes off at a big price, but he can outrun his odds. So I thought with five places available, he might be one um, from an each way perspective. Yeah, definitely a few you can make a case for there. Um, I myself. Um, Gone with a bit of an outsider here, actually. I'm a gambler, living up to my name. Chris Hayes, an interesting jockey book, and put a line through his last couple of runs. But um, we saw today in one of the handicaps, if you get off to a good start, you can be very hard to peg back. Um, Carl Burke had a winner with Jimmy Quinn uh, aboard. And I don't know, sometimes it can be hard to come up from the pace in, in these handicaps at Newmarket. And I just thought if he, if he was given a prominent ride, Mark Johnson's got not a bad record in this race. He often targets a couple of horses. And with the three-year-old allowance, he's carrying eight stone six. So I thought he might be able to go well at an each-way price. But yeah, very tricky race. But uh, I think we've got all um, areas of the market covered. Um, Liz Light, obviously the favourite. Good word for Jumby um, from KT and some others as well uh, that you can go back and listen to. But yeah, a very tricky race. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. We then go to the 4.25 at Newmarket, which is the... Dali July Cup Stakes and um, Perfect Power has been all the rage here. It's five to two. We then got Arturus at four to one, Creative Force at sixes, Naval Crown at thirteen to two, Flaming Ribbon nines, and bigger are the rest. Uh, Kate, come to you here first. Looks quite a strong looking renewal uh, this year of the July Cup. Um, are we with the three year olds and Perfect Power, or do we think uh, maybe the elders might have a bit more class up their sleeve? Yeah, it's a really fascinating race, a, a really exciting lineup. I am siding with Perfect Power, so I just really like the horse. I enjoy watching him every time he runs. He's just massively talented and he keeps impressing. 
We've been of stakes over seven earlier in the season. It tested his stamina a bit, and the mile in the Guineas was clearly uh, too much for him. But he returned over six in the Commonwealth, uh, going off seven to two joint favourite, which I was quite surprised about actually, because I expected him to be shorter. Um, I'm not sure if he's really had the credit he deserves. He's already won three Group Ones, and I do expect him to get another one here. But I am wary of the international threat that Artorias brings. You know, he was impressive in the Platinum Jubilee Stakes. And I think he'll be dangerous once again in the smaller field. He's he's not going to get as much traffic problems late on when he comes from the back. But I think with him, Creative Force, Naval Crown, who should be mentioned too as they finish ahead of Artorias at Ascot, they're all having to give six pounds to Perfect Power. Um, and, you know, although he is he is the three-year-old, one of the three-year-olds in the race, I just think he will have too much talent and class for the others. And I, I think he'll win. Okay, so a solid vote for perfect power. Um, how about you though, Liz? Who did you like in the uh, July Cup? Um, so I'm going with the one that decided to stick around after Royal Ascot and didn't go straight back to Australia, and that is Artorias. Um, I think he was really unlucky at Ascot, dead heat in third with Campanelle behind Naval Crown and Creative Force in that Group 1 Platinum Jubilee Stakes. He's probably drawn the wrong side of the track. He was drawn low and he was struck by another rider's whip. Uh, but the reports from the yard said he's done really well over here. Um, he has had a light Australian campaign aimed at coming over here, and if anything, he should be peaking for this July Cup. Um, he'll be ridden close to late, so may need a bit of luck. Um, but Jamie Spencer takes this ride again and should hopefully have a better feel for the horse. Okay, so, so a difference of opinion in the July Cup. Uh, Artorius, you have to respect him. We saw what the Aussies did with Nature Strip. I don't know. I think Newmarket might not be his track. I'm going to take a stab um, at one at a slightly bigger price, Flaming Rib. Uh, been quite impressed with him this season he's definitely improved um from 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 his juvenile season even though he was a progressive juvenile he seems to be uh going very close in a lot of these races and i just think that if he's ridden aggressively he might just be able to be there or thereabouts i i think sometimes in these big field races sometimes there can be some traffic problems perfect power we know he's a class horse but i think he'll be coming with a late run and i just wonder if ben curtis he might just go towards that downside rail and if that is the place to be i think i think he could run outrun his odds and with the free allowance as well i think he's definitely going to be there or thereabouts he, he's the way i'm seeing it but plenty you can make a case here for and it's going to be an interesting race to view on saturday so that's the races we're going to look at at Newmarket covered. We're then going to move to Ascot now, where we're going to go to the three o'clock. It's the Betfred Heritage Handicap. And again, another minefield. Plenty you can give chances in here to. Um, Liz, I'll come to you here first. Burning Cash, he, he's, he's been um, literally rewarding people that have been backing him. He's going for the hat trick. Do we think he's got a good chance or are we keen to take him on? I'm going to take him on, but it is, I mean, it's a challenging one, isn't it? Um, but I've, I'm going to take an each way punt, and that is with the old boy that is Dan Zeno of Michael Appleby's. I mean, he's he's 11, um, but he's had 60 starts in his career, 10 wins, 12 seconds, 11 thirds. So a 55% chance of a top three finish, which is pretty incredible. But um, his last run just 10 days ago at Windsor, finishing second by two and a half lengths, but he was given the winner a stone. Um, he's won in just about 
anything. Frederick Larson claims a handy five pounds. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see how Danzino goes in this, but as an each way. Okay, so Liz is going for the old boy Danzino, who's 11 years old. Incredible that he's still racing at this level. How about you though, Katie? Who did you like um, in this competitive handicap at Ascot? Well, I'm also going to go against um, burning cash and look for one at more of an each-way angle. I quite like Alligator Ali. I've been following him quite a bit this season, and I do expect him to come with a big run, um, which might come on Saturday. He hasn't quite fired, and the stable does appear a bit out of form, which doesn't instill me with confidence, but I'm willing to take a chance on him each way and hope that he can make the frame. He represents the David O'Meara yard now, having switched from Joseph O'Brien's. Um, he managed to win a listed sprint as a two-year-old, but he has been disappointing on the whole since, and he's five now. But he does have snippets of, of fair form, which suggests that you know there is talent there, but he isn't quite able to show it often enough. He was off the track for a while before making his debut for the new stable, um, when he finished third behind Tone the Barone and Highfield Princess, uh, who went, went on to win a Group Two, and she also ran well in the Platinum Jubilee Stakes. So you know that rep- represents a decent form line. Um, and Alligator Ali is five pounds lower here. His current rating may allow him to be more competitive. Um, however, you know if he does keep underperforming, his mark continues to drop. I do expect him to be winning races further on down the line, uh, maybe when the yard is in better form. But I'm just hoping here, at you know a fair price, that he can just uh, make the frame. Okay, so it's one vote for Danzino with Liz. And Katie's quite keen on chances of Alligator Ali. Maybe it could be his day. Yeah, I quite like one in here. Um, I quite like Zarzini for Laura Pearson claiming free, riding for the Barons. Uh, not been seen since he finished fourth in the Palace House Stakes at Newmarket, but that form looks pretty good in the contents of this race. Twilight Cools, um, he beat in that race, uh, who's subsequently gone on to finish second in the King's Stand. I think come back into handicap company. I know he's the top weight, but I think he'll be there or thereabouts and you'll get plenty of extra place on the day. And I think he, I think he's going to go very close in, in that race at Ascot. So yeah, uh, plenty of opinions there, but yeah, definitely a difficult um, puzzle to solve. We're then going to go on to the feature race at Ascot, which is the 335. It's the Fred Cowley MBE Memorial Summer Mile Stakes, a Group 2 contest, and Chindit is your favourite, 5-2. to two. We've then got Muta Sabek at 3-1, to one, Mod News at 4s, Myobron at 5s, Proto at 17-2, and Bigger are the rest. Uh, Chindit um, has been knocking on the door um, in some of the, the big races this season. Um, but Katie, do we think he's found a good opportunity here to get his head in front, or are we keen to take him on and might he just come up short again? I do think he's got a good opportunity, um, but I am going against him here because I think Muta Sabek is the one. Uh, I was keen on him at Epsom and I'd forgive him that run and, and want to stick with him because, you know, Jim Crowley came out after and said he'd lost his front shoe when coming out of the stores. He just never travelled. He didn't look comfortable at all. And as we know, Epsom is such an undulating track. You know, not all horses are able to handle it and he didn't appear to be able to. So um, I just think he's a talented horse who has some nice bits of form. He started out the season well when winning at Thirst before showing progression at Sandown when he just failed in a group two over a mile. He's now running off a career high mark of 109. And although he has a few pounds to find with Chindit and a couple of the others in the race, I still think there could be more to come from him and he'll be able to improve further. Okay, so it's one vote for Mr. Sarbeck. Uh, how about you, Liz? Are you in agreement or um, are you looking elsewhere? I think we need to take another chance on modern news. Um, 
whose campaign stakingly closed in his last two races. Um, in his last being at Windsor, obviously getting beaten by my Oberon by just a nose. Maybe that £3 difference did make the difference, but they're back on equal terms. Um, Perotto coming in third behind these, who's obviously also in this race. Um, his, his last win, Modern News's last win, it was at Windsor in May in a listed event, and he was quite impressive in that. But I'd like to see him in the mix here, especially with Holly on top. Yeah, Holly is definitely an eye-catching jockey in Brooklyn, but for me myself, I do think Chinder. I think he's. I think he's got the best form in the race. I think that fourth in the Queen Anne is probably up there the best piece of form on offer. He placed in in a lock-in. He might not be everybody's cup of tea, but I do think at five to two, I think that's a fair price. There, I think there could be a case that he could be maybe seven to four, fifteen to eight, maybe a couple of bit. Uh, snippet shorter but for me i think chindit has finally found a good opportunity to get his head in front here but we're all in disagreement here i'm with chindit katie's with mr sarbeck and liz is with modern news so that's the two races we're uh, looking at ascot covered we're then going to go into the last uh, couple of races we're going to look at and the first one of them is the 220 at york it's the john smith silver cup stakes a group three contest and there's only three runners uh liz you can have first say here. Surely we can find a, the winner here. We definitely can. There's three of us. There's three horses. There's a definite winner there. So um, I, I am. I mean, come on. It's the, it's a Group Three race. I mean, it's it's definitely disappointing for three runners. But hey, it is what it is. Um, but I am going to be completely boring, and I'm going to stick with the favourite without a fight. Um, last seen here at York, winning readily over this distance with John Leaper in second by one. And three quarter lengths and he was three pounds heavier um he's the highest rated and it's no surprise that he's that he is the favorite for this so other than lumping onto a winner i can't see that there's value um in anything else um so yeah it's uh, without a fight for me okay so it's without a fight for liz um kate are we in agreement or are we gonna go with one of the other two rivals i'm actually gonna be well, a bit hopeful and go for the outside of the field and John Leaper, um, which may sound quite surprising. But I just really want to see him back in the winner's enclosure. I think he's a talented horse. He's got an excellent pedigree. And I still think there's a big win in him. He's had his troubles and, you know, his optimum chip has been a question mark for a while now. But he performed well at Chester of an extended mile five, finishing fourth behind uh, well, the runner-up there, Thunder Rush. He didn't get the best run around, but he did run on well. And it was a similar story at York in the Grand Cup last month. Uh, without a fight one there, and as Liz mentioned, he was three pounds. He received three pounds on that day and the off-level weights here, which is going to make it tough. But I just feel like I want to keep the belief in him at the moment. I think, as I said, there's a big day in him. And, you know, it's, he's got two rivals to beat here. And although they're both very talented too, it might just be his day, so I'm going with my well, my mainly with my heart, but a bit with my head too, and, and hoping that John Leaper can be first past the post. Okay, so Katie's going to go with the rag of the field. Now this isn't just going um, to scripts. Uh, I, I thought we we probably all agree on the same horse, or at least two of us would. But I am actually going to go with Thunderous. Uh, so we've got all the angles covered here. I I think he's finally found a good opportunity. I respect without a fight. I think I might put him up last time when he when he won at York. John Leaper. I just think the small field is not exactly what he wants, but he has shown a little bit. Uh, 
more ability this season. Um, but for me, Thunderous, I think some of his runs at York and Chester, I think if he's anywhere near that kind of form, uh, I think I think he'll go very close in this race. Um, the Sandown run wasn't actually a bad run. I just don't think he's quite stayed the two miles. And uh, yeah, he, he's won a Dante here. He's got some pre, he's got some pretty good form going back through his career. And I think at this kind of level, I think he'll go fairly close. Um, and I think at fifteen to eight, I think he is actually value in a free runner field. But but there we go. Um, so we're all in disagreement once again. Without a fight for Liz Armour Funders and Katie is with the outsider John Leeper. We're then going to go to York's feature race on the card, which is the John Smith's handicap. Um, 405 very very competitive looking race again but uh katie you can have first say here um plenty that you can make a case here for but who who are you siding with yeah there's plenty in it it's really competitive field but i'm inclined to go with rope in this one he ran well over an extended mile two at york in may and you know he's at two pounds for that quite lightly raced i think he's open to further progression and he's been performing consistently since making his debut in April of last year. So I'm going to side with him. But I also think Intelligent is going to have a good chance. You know, he ran a big race in second, carrying Milestone 10 in the Royal Hunt Cup. And he's up four pounds, um, but runs over an extra two furlongs here, which just casts a bit of doubt in my mind. Um, so I'm siding with Rogue Bear. Okay, so Casey is one of the market principles, Rogue Bear. How about you, Liz? Do you have one at a big price for the listeners that they can get stuck into each way? No, so I've gone to the top of the market, but not right to the top. Um, so I've gone for Jane Chapelheim's Intelligent. I think he's £4 well in after coming second by half a length in the Hunt Cup at Royal Ascot last month at 40 to 1. Although he did play up at the start and he wasn't keen on being loaded, so he's obviously a bit of a monkey. But um, he's back up to one mile two. Um, and he last ran that distance when in training with Fabrice Chappé with mixed results. But his last win was over one mile one and he won that going away. Um, he has won some decent prize money too, winning and placing in group races back over in France. He even picked up a brute one. But um, he's run well in big fields. And if placed correctly, I think he'll go well in this too, despite being practically top Mm, interesting thoughts there from Liz. I'm going to take two on here at a, a bit of a bigger price. First one of them is going to be Chichester. I think um, this might have been the plan for Keith Dalglish. He likes to have winners at uh, York. Um, he's now down to a mark of 101, put a line for his latest run at Ascot. He didn't stay. I think 10 furlongs is his ideal trip. If you actually go back to his third place on um, at Kempton in a listed race, he was only beaten, um, he was within a length of Living Legend, who, who's a Group 2 winner and finished second in a Group 2 today. So I, I do think um, he, he's quite a big price. And the other one, that I can't believe, just looking at his price, is Cockalorum for Rowan Scott and Roger Fell, 40 to 1. This horse actually finished second this rate in this race last year for £2 higher mark. He's probably going to go forward, he'd probably run handy. And the last couple of runs have been suggesting that he is returning to a little bit of form now. I think he's been really overlooked in this market. Uh, I think he should at least be half the price he is. Again, you'll get multiple places on the day. I think I think he's a cracking bet. Uh, when he um, finished um, second in that race last year, he was only beaten by a head. So I think there's a bit more to come from him. Uh, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if this has been the plan. And for me, I think of a good mark here 
of uh, 93, I, th I think he, I think he can go well. So yeah, he, he's going to be my selection in the race, Cockalorum. So yeah, um, that's the main races then covered in this podcast. We're then on the section where we go to uh, the, the panel and open it up to see if they've got any other bets or any other horses to look out for this weekend. And I know, Katie, you've got a couple for the listeners that uh, you'll be um, you'll be taking a look at this weekend. Yeah, I quite like uh, in the two or five at Newmarket, truly acclaimed. I'm going to keep an eye on her. She's bidding for a hat-trick of wins and Oshie McCreaney claims £5. She's been progressing nicely this season and is one that's been in the track for a while for me. So hopefully she can make the frame there. And also at New York in the 3.30, Sanks a million were nicely at Chester last time out and it's an interesting runner. It's quite an open field, but I think he's one to keep an eye on too. Okay, so a couple of other horses there to look out for this weekend. So that rounds off uh, this week's podcast. Thanks again to Liz and Katie for giving up their time. Hopefully we've given you some winners this week. But before we sign off, remember to uh, rate, review, subscribe to all our podcast platforms. We're available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, whichever one you listen to. Give Make sure you give us a follow and leave us a review. You can follow us on the socials as well, where we're on Twitter and Instagram. Please gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon. Thank <laughs> you.